second. Okay, there we go. All right, good morning, everybody. I'm Joanne Johnson I'm with the Oconee County Chamber of Commerce. Thank you for joining us this morning. I know this is a much anticipated um, interview and call with Senator Alexander. Of course, we've got him here again this morning. Senator, I'm incredibly grateful um, for you being here. Thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule. We, we really appreciate it. Um, first and foremost, um, wanting to find out, I know that you have been downtown Seneca um, and you have seen you know, everything that's going on. Can you speak a little bit about what your assessment is initially after what you've seen? Well, certainly it's, it's, it's not only the downtown Seneca area, but uh, out to Warner, Warner, uh, we've got, had damage, uh, you know, down in the Fairplay, uh, Oakway area. There's been over in uh, Millbrook, other places closer to Clemson, even some damage up in the Salem area. So while we had the force of the, of the tornado was in that uh, greater Seneca area and over in the Shiloh, area uh, certainly the county has had spots throughout uh, uh, the, the whole county that have been impacted by the storms whether it was directly the the tornado or tornadoes uh, as they were it's just uh, it's been it's devastation uh, everywhere just your heart uh, your prayers go out to all the people that have been impacted certainly the families that uh, the fatality uh, our sympathies are with the family and those that have been injured uh, and, and to see that first day and, and the days since then, the amount of trees, the destruction, uh, property damage, uh, it's just, it's been unbelievable. And, and, and now you can see one that's been damaged and something else right beside it has been completely untouched and unharmed. And uh, so I think that was the initial, uh, just uh, unbelievable. Um, but since even that day that monday even with the governor up we saw people out there working hard neighbor helping neighbor uh, people coming in from the different communities uh, the different areas uh just the outpouring of, of of love and compassion and care for one another uh, i will tell you that um, mayor dan alexander and his council uh, his uh, city administrator scott Mulder and his team uh, county council members chair with chair uh, julian davis and certainly Paul Kane's area being hit there, other members of county council, Amanda Brock as a city, uh, the county administrator and the council and her team um, and other volunteers. I tell you what, they're, they're going to have folks that are going to just be volunteer coordinators. We got there, they have so many folks that are volunteering and helping and to, to help manage and put those resources where they need to go, where they could be the most help and be most impactful that uh, to have to have volunteer coordinators i think speaks uh, to the spirit and the goodness of this community that's there all the time but when we have these type of tragedies it rises to even a greater greater level than what we're used to seeing and 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 i will also say that the county emergency manage uh, scott klein uh, has has done a tremendous job the, the um, disaster unit has come in from the state been mobilized uh, for END uh, and, and actually they uh, the county has established two phone numbers that I'd like to give out and maybe you want to make a, a note of those that that uh, and these so you, if you've got questions about the tornado uh, or you've got questions about the storm recovery supplies or you available services if you've been impacted or if you want to be a part of it uh, there's two numbers uh, that are dedicated, and these are 24-7 numbers, as I understand it. Uh, the first is 864-364-5428, 864-364-5428, 864 
364-5428 and 364-5436. It's 364-5436. Those two numbers have been dedicated to that and certainly there's a lot of needs. I understand that there's needs for tarps. Uh, you know, ice has been provided as of yesterday, but I'm sure there'll be other needs for ice and just a lot of different supplies and food. You know, the uh, Golden Corner Food Bank is a designated place for non-perishable food to be provided. Uh, the city and the county have coordinated a couple of uh, points where they're providing food uh, on a daily basis as well. So they're trying to do that on the perimeters of, of the uh, tornado so that we're not impacting or they're not impacting uh, as good as, as, as people wanting to help or want to impact from a safety standpoint or otherwise the recovery that's going on, the cleanup that's going on. And, and I really think by, uh, this weekend it, it's certainly going to look a lot different. Uh, a lot of will be cleaned up from that standpoint. And Joanne, if I could mention one other thing as far as health care, I mean, you think about Borg Warner, which is a great uh, community uh, company here. They're part of our community for over 20 years. Uh, the impact they've had, I've had several uh, communication with them locally and from headquarters up in Michigan. Uh, the work that they're doing to, to um, assess the damage and get things back in operation, they would like to uh, meet their goals and their targets as they have provided for uh, as a result of the virus from that standpoint. But they and other people, maybe they're unemployed, uh, that, uh, you know, they had a, a, a center on hand there uh, for their employees and their families where they could go to get health care. Uh, obviously, that's not in operation. I've talked with Vicki Thompson at the Rosa Clark Medical Clinic. Certainly, they stand ready not only to help those individuals, but to help other people that are unemployed or that need help. Uh, they have a, a sliding scale. They accept insurance. Uh, my understanding, they accept insurance, but they have a sliding scale for those that may need services and especially for prescriptions you know if you've got chronic diseases and you're running out of your medicine and things of that nature they they have a pharmacy as well on staff that if you don't have insurance or if you have insurance you can pay your copay there but certainly it is a great resource it's a uh, center that's across from the hospital there that's certainly opening up there uh, facilities to utilize and help uh, folks that may need some health care and sometimes those type of services uh, go overlooked uh, and also uh, you know we had enough stress going on with the virus and with this on top of that certainly the um, Oconee Mental Health Facility of those that that need that type of assistance they are there ready to help so let's make sure we use the resources that are available to the citizens of Oconee County uh, that, that are needed from that standpoint. Absolutely. And, you know, I'm curious, we talked yesterday um, with the um, um, the congressman's office yesterday. We had Rick Adkins on, which was wonderful. And we, we discussed PPP and EIDL loans, uh, things like that, and different programs that might be available. And I'm curious, do you happen to know off the top of your head if there is anything any other disaster relief programs maybe that are that are kind of on the horizon? I know I saw one last night, which is a potential for $2,000 a month more for families uh, that make beneath $130,000 a year. Is that a package being put together for the unemployed, for everyone, or just for the working, the, the essential workers right now? Do we know that? We, we don't know that. I think that's a work in progress and there's some more work that will have to be done 
on that from that from that standpoint and and uh, so so I think that that will be we'll have more details on that going going forward from that standpoint but I think it's probably premature at this point to know what it's going to look like because right. it probably have several other changes before it becomes a uh, final from that standpoint uh, now now back to your point you know that you know FEMA has done their flyover as far as the tornado so you, you're gonna have a you know the the disaster uh, that's been declared uh, uh, from the from the um, is that the right terminology that uh, yeah declare a state of emergency uh, the governor has declared the state of emergency as of yesterday afternoon and went retroactive to Monday uh, from that standpoint so the next level there uh, FEMA has done their flyover I think they'll have folks on the ground uh, if not by the end of the week by the first of next week certainly the governor is uh, requesting the, the declaration from the president as well so that might provide a few other options and not sure it will be related to those loans and maybe some things through the small business administration there so hopefully we can do an update on those as related to the tornado so you're going to have the virus and then you're going to have the tornado uh, decoration on top of that so there'll be two two distinct uh, uh, different programs that will be operating from that standpoint wow do we know at this morning how many people in Oconee County maybe have applied for unemployment at this point uh, well what I've got is since we spoke last week uh, I've got the latest numbers today and let me do it from a statewide perspective and then I'll get down to the counties if I could from that standpoint Perfect. to kind of give you, a, give you a feel. So this is as of the week ending April 11th. This is just out, uh, was provided to me this morning that uh, in, in since uh, for that week ending April 11th. So we're almost going to have another week after that, but this is the reporting period they have as additional statewide 87,686 uh, uh, claims. This is an increase of over 3% from the previous week uh, count of 85,000. So between since March 14th, and so the day is the sixth, so within a month, and really again, that's just through uh, April 11th, there's been an increase of 4,293% increase during from from March 14th until April 11th. Now, as far as uh, Oconee County, the numbers for this last week ending April 11th was 1,194. Pickens County is 3,069. Anderson was 3,185. And those are, 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 are strong numbers, but let me also put those in comparison to some other areas the, uh, in the state, if I could, just to kind of give you an idea. In the Greenville-Spartanburg area, there were over 17,500 applications. Down in Horry County, around the coast, Myr Myrtle Beach area was 7,930. Down in Charleston area, it was 6,877. And the Midlands, if you count Lexington and Richland County together, there was an additional 10,000 applications just in those two counties alone. So, so certainly we continue to see those applications go up. And I think what you're seeing there is you're having uh, your suppliers like, um, or, or the companies like BMW and those in manufacturing uh, uh, taking some time off and that's having a further impact domino impact on some of their suppliers and things from that standpoint uh, uh, and, and really the auto industry 
uh, all all along. And and I tell you, that's one thing that we saw from 2008, Joanne, uh, through through that great recession is when the automobile industry was hit significantly nationwide. Um, uh, auto manufacturing and suppliers, you know, is a big part of, of some of the work that we do here in Oconee County. For example, the Borg Warner facility I mean, is a prime example. Uh, U.S. engine buyout. So there, there are going to be other other consequences from from that standpoint. And so that's the reason we really need. Hopefully, this economy will get turned around. We can get through this virus and kind of get things starting to to open up. And I will tell you, and 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 certainly the system for South Carolina has not been perfect as far as it's just been overloaded. But I was on a conference call from around uh, the nation with uh, some of my colleagues uh, one night this week, and and. Uh, we, you know, th 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 this is not unique to South Carolina. As a matter of fact, our system, so I understand, is working much better than Georgia, than North Carolina, uh, uh, and uh, Tennessee, excuse me. In Florida, they've been so overwhelmed that they've had to resort to paper applications. And so then that obviously has to be translated into being keyed in and things of that nature and stuff. So, so got a lot of work to do. Uh, but, but certainly uh, they're doing that now. I will tell you some additional information that I got from the Department of Employment and Workforce that um, uh, the, the, uh, there's been $114 million has been paid in the $600 CARES Act benefit and the regular South Carolina unemployment insurance benefits from Sunday to Tuesday of this week. So there's been $114 million in that period of time. And that's before that, that uh, the pandemic uh, unemployment assistance is still not up and operational. So those are folks in South Carolina that qualified under the state program that the state is going ahead and adding the additional $600 that they qualify for until such time as the federal program gets up and going from that standpoint, because they're having, again, at the federal level, um, I feel their pain of understanding is taking them time, guidelines, and getting that program up and operational, doing their computer programs and things from that standpoint. So I'm sure they're working hard from that standpoint, but they've got they've got work to do before we start to realize um, that being being successful. And I think that uh, kind of lends into that those um, sole proprietorships, the 1099s, get a lot of questions that they're saying that they're denied. Well. That's there to not, they're normally not eligible under the state unemployment program because they, again, like we said last week, they're, they've not contributed, they've not paid into that program. So it kind of comes back as an automatic denial, but they're kind of held over here in the bay so that once we get the guidelines in that other program, from federal level, that's the $600 is put into place, uh, then it will start to click and go to the next step for them and start to process them to be approved for that program. So if they'll go ahead and apply, and even though it comes back as being denied, they're further down that road of when that program uh, is is available, they'll get retroactive funds from that standpoint. But I'm sure there'll be glitches, so that please have people reach out to us. But but again, that is beyond the control of the state level. We have to depend on the feds to get, get us going from that standpoint. Because that was one of the questions is, yes, everyone that is that is self-employed is getting denied and they're getting frustrated and they're getting anxious. And we had understood last week that hopefully it will trigger that $600 from the federal 
um, fund and that they will be getting that and, and like you say retroactive but are we to understand that they it won't be retroactive and they won't get that 326 at the state level perhaps because they've not fed into that program and, and they've not qualified for that I mean yeah they're not but I think that's you know we're being on the review trying to talk with the feds to see but yeah they they would not be because they're not eligible under the normal program that's the reason they're being denied they don't fit one of those categories but they're going ahead and accepting those and they have them over there so they'll be ready to go once once uh, we get the federal funds and 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 really the state has been if you would on these that have qualified for these employees that that do qualify that 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 uh uh, that, that are unemployed because of their their jobs being they're being laid off. That's where the state is actually going ahead. They qualify and adding that six hundred dollars uh, in advance, if you would, of the federal funds. So they'll be paying the state money back. So that's that's where that total of one hundred and fourteen million dollars has been paid. Uh, some of that in the six hundred cares act money for those that have applied for and are eligible under the regular south carolina unemployment benefits as well as that up to 326 dollars from that standpoint so it's it getting i can understand why it gets frustrating because again you're dealing with uh, 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 systems and having to make changes to the systems and things like that and the feds are having to get their program up up and going i will tell you that in talking it's my understanding that the that the portal with the social security number that has really been a, um, um, a hold up has been addressed in additional capacity, even over what we talked about last week. I know the Department of Employment and Workforce here in South Carolina have added additional, have, you know, again, when you add additional personnel, you still had to get them trained so that they could know how to be of assistance to those they're dealing with. So they, they've added, uh, several hundred people and they're trained now so they, they're up and going from that standpoint and uh, but still the capacity of the system has, has been overwhelmed. Absolutely and speaking still staying on the topic of unemployment as folks are being the ones that that have already applied and they have to do a weekly job search but they are self-employed or they're a business owner who they don't plan on going to work for someone else, say they're just waiting to be able to reopen their restaurant or um, you know, their nail salon, do they, as they fill out that form for the work search, do they have to actively be looking for work and, and indicating on that form that they've been looking for work to qualify for their weekly benefit? Well, um, and I think that there's two different questions there. If if you you know if you're sole proprietor or if, if you're an employee that's been laid off and you plan on going back to work with the employer that you had, uh, no, I mean the the why is a requirement that has been waived, so that that is not necessary. The weekly work search uh, requirement has been waived during the declaration of the state emergency, so that that waiver is in place for the whole time of the state emergency now certainly the department would say well let's let's uh, 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 you know look for employment if it's out there and stuff they don't want to say but but as far as it being a part on that that will not prevent you from getting the the benefits and, and that provision has been waived so it's not a requirement to be eligible for the benefits from week to week from that standpoint as it would normally be so that I That's think to great. me that is a big help and so because again a lot of this intent is to make sure that folks will have those same jobs to go back to once the economy 
uh, you know, once we get over the virus and things start going back, we want folks to go back to the work. And I think that will be in the locations of where they were, and that will probably help spur the economy even more from that standpoint. Absolutely. And if someone has been furloughed, the expectation is that they'll be returning to their previous employer. So to seek alternate, you know, employment kind of defeats the purpose. But I'm curious. They're counterproductive. Yes. And so, but I, I'm thinking that as they're doing the work, the work search, they're asked um, how they look for work maybe and where they look for work. Is there something specifically that they should say in as opposed to like, is there, I don't know, um, um, not currently looking for work and why, or, or do they have to do anything like that? Uh, I'm not sure. It's probably a, a, a um, box they can check or either they can, okay. they just want to say, uh, want to go back, maybe it'd be good just to type in, want to go back with my previous employer or own furlough. It may be something that would be good for them to, to acknowledge from that standpoint, but, or it may even be, they don't have to do anything being as being, being waiteful. Right. So, so, so I, I don't that's think, in other words, that that's not going to kick them out just because they're not, they're not uh, seeking work from that standpoint. Good. And one last question again, and I know you've already said this, but just in case nope. anybody's late getting on the call. So if you have applied for unemployment and you have been denied um, and you're and you're self-employed, it should still trigger that 600 from the federal fund. Uh, and then anything that has not been received to date, it will be retroactive. So it even though be. it's frustrating and it's scary right now, and how are we going to feed our kids, which is what people are saying, you know, yeah, we just kind of have to hang on and know that that money's coming, it's on its way, and that everyone's doing the very best that they can to make this happen. Absolutely. And, and, and uh, you know, I wish that there was a way that, uh, you know, the feds just did not envision this type of a situation even a month ago. So the programs and, and the, the computer programs that needed to be put into place to be able to move this out, you know, certainly, uh, uh, just was not in place and it takes time to put that uh, so I think it's more the mechanics the money is there as far as from the Treasury to go into the program is getting it administered down to the different state programs that are in existence I think the state has already they're prepared once that is received and those guidelines they'll put those in place and that will kind of open if you would the floodgates for those to be approved and, and checks starting to go out or going in into the different accounts. But I would certainly going ahead and applying, even if it says uh, not um, you've been denied, you're at least putting yourself in a position that you'll be re ready to go to that next step from that standpoint. So I think that's very important to go ahead. You're, you're helping yourself if you go ahead and make the application now so that you can be prepared when, when those funds become, become available from the federal level from that standpoint. And it's not recommended to reapply if you've been denied. It's not necessary, right. It probably would be better because again, you're gonna have that one, your social security number, even if you reapply, you know, that's that portal is gonna check it against that social security number. So it's not gonna let you apply for more than what. So it's, it's better to go ahead and just understand that that denial does not mean permanently denial. That just means under the state administered program. And that once the feds get their program up and going with the $600, uh, then, then that will, you will uh, qualify and it will be retroactive from that standpoint. Wonderful. Can and too, and you may want we'll mention about talk while we're kind of on that subject too, of those that are sole proprietorships. 
you know, those, if you are, they, they qualify, and this is on, I guess, more on the loans and things from that standpoint, uh, you know, they, they qualify for the wages as a sole proprietor, but if they've got other family members, I verified that, that actually, if they were anybody that was a W-2 employee, uh, would be eligible uh, for them to include that in their loan request from that standpoint. So again, when we moved over from unemployment now to the loans, they can do that. But if they were not W-2 employees, they cannot count them as employees, but certainly there are other categories that people can uh, uh, use, you know, from rent and other expenses and things. So there's other things that they can have access to, to cash to help meet from that standpoint. But the only employees that they can count as wages as part of that loan that ultimately would be forgiven is those W-2 employees. And, and I can understand that that's their tracking mechanism from that standpoint. And those had to be W-2 employees, as I understand it, prior to the virus. And we're talking about the PPP, right? That, that is correct, yes. And so, and it should the amount that is not forgiven, if that was to happen, is that 1% is my understanding? And you get two years to pay that back, is what I was told, is that correct? Uh, I need to verify, Maybe it may be 10% rather than 1%. Uh, okay. We'll, we'll, just, we'll get that clarified between now and our next visit. Next Excellent. Visit next yeah. So there, there's money out there um, and, it, and it's, and it's good. I know I have, I talked to someone yesterday and bless his heart. He was so frustrated. He said, you know, I've applied for, for these disaster loans and, and I, and none of that has come through and none of my employees have been given unemployment yet. And we're just starting to see, and, and I know that people appreciate how hard everybody's working. And, and as you said, this didn't exist and it, we weren't even looking at doing it this four weeks ago. So it's really um, it's amazing that we've gotten as far as we have. And so we're not, as I say this, I'm not trying to um, act unappreciative at all of what the government is doing. But as we're seeing a growing concern um, from some people, what can we say to them, um, if anything, that, you know, they're they're worried, how are they going to pay their mortgage? How are they going to feed their children? And they know that, okay, I might get get a retroactive check in a month, but for right now I have 18 cents in my checking account. What do I do? Right. Well, and, and to that point, at least a lot of the um, stimulus checks this week have started going into those accounts. So if they had those relationships with the IRS as a, a um, uh, uh, you know, online uh, type of situation, a, a lot of those checks are, are going in there. So that would be the $1,200 per individual or, you know, $2,400 plus $500. Um, uh, $2,400 for a husband and wife and $500 per uh, dependent from that standpoint. So, you know, hopefully that would be that bridge that could really help folks from that standpoint. Uh, I would hope that, that folks that if you have loans or have rent or things of that nature is to reach out to those individuals, and let them know your circumstance. I think that I've, for the most part, I've heard people that are working uh, with with those in that situation. I know that uh, banks are working with folks as far as their loans and things of that nature, but I think communication of your circumstances is probably as important as anything, understanding, knowing that those funds will be coming in when, when they're made available. And there are a lot of other support uh, mechanisms out there. Again, the um, Golden Corner 
food bank, other other places, United Way, a lot of different programs that are there. A lot of people want to help people. They just got to know what the needs are. Uh, and so I would encourage people to, to reach out to those uh, folks that can help because that's, that's what they really want to do. Again, it's the caring spirit of our community and, and wanting to help our neighbors that are uh, in need and, and uh, together. And that's how together we're going to get through this. But uh, I, I wish that uh, that things could be just overnight, could be resolved from that standpoint. Uh, but again, I think there is good faith effort being done, but it's just, it's taking time. Um, I think we live in such an instant society today. We pick up our cell phone, we pick up this, we have everything. Uh, and, and some of these things uh, being done um, and having to be put into place uh, are just taking a little bit more time from that standpoint. But, uh, but uh, anything that we can do, certainly through my office, if there's ways, then you've, you've got that information. 803-212-6220 is my uh, office number in Columbia, 803-212-6220. Email me directly at thomasalexander uh, at sccenate.gov. My local number here at the delegation office is 638-4237, 638-4237. Certainly, I want to be a resource and to help folks. A lot of times, you don't know where to turn, uh, but turn turn to me and let me be a resource to help try to plug folks into where where they uh, where they need to go. You know, when when you're not used to having to to look to the different programs. Uh, for help or, or to government from that standpoint, you really don't know. Let, let me be that resource. Let me help be that resource for you to make sure that uh, there's programs out there. I mean, there's um, different agencies that, that have uh, opportunities and stuff. So uh, again, don't be bashful about asking and needing that help. Uh, if we don't know, there's nothing we can do about it. So so please let let us know so that we can uh, help every way possible. And, and uh, uh, you know, I'm encouraged again by the number of folks that are doing what's necessary, doing what to, to bend that curve. Um, we're getting uh, data. You know, unfortunately, we are continuing to lose um, lives here in South Carolina and across the country from the virus. That's devastating from that standpoint. There are those that are being impacted by the virus. I think we've had a total of 14 cases here in Oconee County, the last report I think I've seen from that standpoint. Um, so there, there, there are things that, 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 that we need to continue to do, the, the um, uh, uh, physical distancing uh, to make sure that we stay that distance away and, and washing our hands and, and using the, 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 uh, the sanitizers and things of that nature. It is making a difference. Uh, is, and, and so we've, we've just got to continue to practice those things to help get through that so that we can get our economy back to work and so that we can do things uh you know it was just so different this last sunday uh joanne on on easter sunday uh you know things that we've taken for granted in the past of going to church you know church weekly but especially on easter sunday uh to not be able to do that uh, to have um not be able to gather for a, a family meal from that standpoint. There's a lot of things that uh, in life uh, that we have probably taken for granted. I think we'll hold near and dear uh, to that. As, as I thought about the empty sanctuaries on Sunday, it made me think of the empty tomb. Uh, after uh, Jesus was resurrected, the tomb was empty and our sanctuaries were empty, but we were celebrating 
a risen Christ uh, as, as a result of, of that ultimate sacrifice. And, and a lot of it we did by, by um, social uh, media and different things of that nature. So it's, it's good to have these, these uh, opportunities to, to connect with each other. It's important that we exercise the physical distancing, but it's impo very important for us to continue to have social interaction. And there is a big difference there. So whether it's picking up that phone or seeing folks from a distance or doing things, we, we thrive on that social interaction as well as while we're recognizing the physical distancing that, that we need to be observing to make sure that the uh, virus uh, will be um, uh, reduced here and continue to bend that curve. I have nothing to add to that. That was absolutely wonderful. And I thank you for saying those things and for, for bringing up the Lord because his hand is definitely in everything. And, and as you and I talk, you know, aside from these calls and just to be able to see the community come together. And we were a strong community before this, but we are definitely going to be a stronger community coming out of this. It is, it's known that people who go through tragedy together, they become very deeply bonded and they stay together. And we're seeing that right now. And when we know as hard as it's, it is to go through it and the devastation that we're looking at, and we did have some loss of life and we grieve that, we this could have been a very different conversation had Borg Warner been, you know, up and running with two to three hundred third shifters there at that time. And so no one is going to convince me that the Lord's hand was not on this. Um, and, and I, I, well said. And I, I tell you, too, I think we need to really reach out and thank the media and thanks to the people that are getting out those notices and making sure that, that people are on the lookout. Because again, when I look at the devastation and, and uh, to see the, the property damage that's been done, to think that, that, that people heeded that advice and they went for protection and, and safety and things is by, by the grace of God that, that uh, we were spared in so many different ways. And you know, property can be replaced. Uh, uh, lives and, and injuries uh, that are that are tragic injuries uh, cannot be so. So uh, we we have gone through a lot, but like you say, together we'll get through it and we'll come out as a stronger community. And and again, I knew the strength of this uh, of, of our community. Now, people, I've seen it over and over again in any circumstances. Uh, so I'm not surprised by it. Um, I'm grateful for their willingness to continue to be a great example for all, all of South Carolina and actually for throughout our nation as well. Amen. It's it's beautiful to watch and it's it's an honor to, to be living here right now and to be a part of it. I thank you for everything you're doing. I thank you for taking the time to talk to us this morning. You know, let's, if we can get together again next week, if you're willing, we'll do another update. We'll bring those current numbers um, and we'll do some more Q&A and, and we encourage you guys to send your questions in for the Senator. He's here, he's available, um, he's a wonderful resource and I encourage you to take advantage of that. Again, Senator Alexander, thank you as always. Um, be safe and be healthy, be well, and we're gonna go ahead and call it, call it a day. Sounds great, thank you, pleasure. Appreciate all that you do there. Thank you so much, Joanne, thank you. Have a good day, guys, bye-bye.